0: Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. Okay, so our reading for today is taken from the Gospel of Mark, Mark 7, verses 1 to 23. So it will be on the screen behind us if you want to go on your phone and look at the Bible or whatever. And I'm going to read it to us. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother mother, is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, devoted to God, Then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house... His disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? He asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of their body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person.
1: Thank you, Esther. You could also do like the GPS instructions for cars with that accent. Though it's Isaiah, not Isaiah. Okay, hey, one thing before we get into today's message is um, is that we have a podcast out now. So if you miss a sermon, if you miss a message, like it, it's available the next day. So um, anywhere where you get like um, your podcast from, Spotify. Um, Apple Podcasts, they're all available there. So Kevin did a great job at putting that together. And uh, you can listen and catch up on a message. Or if somebody misses a week or you're on vacation, you know, you can catch up on that. Unless you really want to listen to it again, which I don't blame you. No, I'm just joking. Today's sermon title is called Inside Out. I recently went through this phase, as I do many phases. As my wife will tell you, I'm very phasey with things. I get very passionate about things. And then the next phase comes along. But I've been training for my next kind of Spartan race. This is what, like, my ultimate goal of how to keep in shape in, like, my almost I'm almost forty, right? So I'm 38, and right, this is my goal: keep in shape. So um, I learned that avocados are are superfoods. Okay, so apparently they're superfoods; they're super great for you. And uh, I started eating avocados for breakfast. Right? Uh, I went in two weeks, avocado every day, half an avocado for breakfast. Awesome. Um, and then two weeks ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I, I started getting, the, I got a, like a, a whole bunch of avocados, opened one up. It was rotten on the inside. When I picked it out up at the grocery store, I won't name any names of who the grocery store was. Looked great on the outside, cut it open, rotten to the core. Went and got the next one out of the bowl. Same thing. Next week, I cut open the avocados again, again, you like, you you feel the avocado, you want them hard, but not like too hard, like you want it soft, so then it ripens perfect, and then like, you know, I just, I opened them up again, all of them were rotten. I dumped the whole thing into the trash. I am no longer eating avocados for breakfast. And and by the way, super food, I didn't feel any more super after eating that food. It's back to Pop-Tarts. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. But it's, it's rotting from the inside out. But, but how often in our culture do we care so much about what the outside looks like, but the inside can just be rotting away? Who cares what's going on in the inner life? America, fame, beauty, success, wealth, power, status. We live in a culture where you can have six-pack abs but be miserable on the inside. See, we prioritize as a culture our image over our character. The appearance of what is is not really what is but what is going on Inside, we, we like to have a good front stage, meaning while our lives are sometimes can be a mess in our backstage. And we, we prioritize this as a culture that, that whatever our appearance is is more important to us than what's going on on the inside of our lives. And if you don't believe me, what I want you to do is tomorrow morning when you first wake up and you look rough. Well, I don't know how you look when you wake up, but I look rough take a selfie and post it to social media. Next time you're bored or you're lonely or you're having a miserable time, when you're having no fun at all, I want you to write about that and post that to social media. No, nobody does that in their right mind. Our outside appearance often is a a higher priority than what's going on on the inside. And so for the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law they were obsessed with what they looked like on the outside to everybody else but they missed the heart of being with God they missed that inner personal that relationship the heart of God through what they were doing all they wanted to do was to project this great image meanwhile they didn't honor God at all in their hearts some Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they confront Jesus and his disciples. See, Jesus has been stirring kind of a lot of, uh, of, of interest, right? So he's been doing miracles. He's been having these great teachings. Uh, through the book of Mark, he's, he's made claims that he is the son of God. He is the Messiah, and the teachers of the law are ready to put it to a stop. So they go, up to Jer- they go up from Jerusalem up to where Jesus is in Galilee and they, they gather around him and his disciples to, and, and they say, your disciples, they're, they're trying to catch Jesus out on something. And they said, your disciples, they don't wash their hands before they eat. Okay, gross. First of all, disciples, wash your hands, right? But what's the big deal, right? Like, I mean, it's not like they're bringing a lot of harm. What's that all about? I mean, how many times have I caught my five-year-old and my two-year-old? I'm like, nope, go back and wash your hands. And then they're like, oh, I did. No, you didn't. You didn't use soap that time, and you got to stand over there. Use soap. Okay, now sing happy birthday twice. You know, come on. We went through COVID. We know how to wash our hands, right? So what's the big deal here with the disciples? Why is it so Important for the religious leaders here. Well in verse five it says, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled uh, of eating their food with defiled hands? See, the tradition of the elders, what that is, and we talked about this um, about a month or a couple of months ago, the tradition of the elders is like this oral law that over a a couple hundred years prior to Jesus uh, coming to the earth is that what they did is they took like the the Ten Commandments and the, the laws that are found in the Torah, God's commands are actually written in the Bible, and then they added all of these oral commands. They're not written anywhere in Scripture. And what, what they did is they added all of these kind of these spoken but not written laws down. And they said, you need to do all of these extra things to kind of protect these laws. So if you want to get close to God, you need to do all of these things. Because it, it doesn't say anywhere that, that everybody has to wash their hands. In fact, it only says it once in Leviticus 22. And the context is is where the priests, before they were to go give an offering, they were to ceremonially wash their hands, that they were to be uh, clean before God, that they were to be holy. So this really isn't anything about hygiene. This is about holiness. But the problem is for the religious leaders is that they wanted these oral laws. All of these oral laws became more important than actually following God's command. So, for example, with these oral laws, like what they would do is, so take the example of the Sabbath. You need to rest and keep the Sabbath holy, right? Pretty plain and simple. But what a bunch of these uh, religious leaders did is they sat around and they thought, well, what does it mean to obey the Sabbath, to rest? What we should have people do is they need to be home by before dark, Okay came in oral tradition. They can only write one letter. Like, I don't know how writing one letter between two letters and le- when you stop writing makes any more sense, but whatever. You need to have all your food prepared before the day of Sabbath. And no, they're not meal prepping for the week, right? Like, this is to, to celebrate so they don't have to work, right? They're, they're, they're not like, they're not on keto or whatever, right? So, right, they're they, all of these rules, right? Rules upon rules and on, upon rules. And the problem was that they were missing out the heart of what was behind that command. So Jesus fires back at the the religious leaders of the Pharisees. He says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. And the word hypocrite means there, it means mask wear. Like a mask wear, like in a play or in a production. Like you're you're faking it. You're, You're not being real. Like you're hiding behind this mask. So he calls them hypocrites. And he goes on to quote Isaiah. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me they worship me in vain their teachings are merely human rules you have let go of the commands of god and are holding on to human traditions see the pharisees they were more caught up in their traditions than caring about worshiping god and they were misusing scripture to justify their actions so in verse 10 this is what jesus says he said so for moses uh, moses said honor your father and your mother and anyone who curses their father, their father or mother is to be put to death. Harsh, but if you say that if anyone declares that you might have been used to help your, their father or, or mother is Corban, that is devoted to God. So what is Jesus talking about? So you could take something. Um, you could take uh, like a, if you in that time you could take a um, like a piece of land, or you could take. Um, like a a, a possession, and you could dedicate that as an offering to God, to the temple, right? You could say, I want this land. It's going to be Corban. That's what Corban means, that it's devoted to God. Now, the problem in that is that the Pharisees, they wouldn't help their mothers or fathers out. So in that culture, the, the kids, they were to take care of their parents As they got older, they were a family unit. Like the parents raised the kids, and as the as they became older, right, the kids then took care of. There was no kind of five oh. There's no like four hundred one ks. There's no Roths, right? Like there was no retirement plan for back then. Their retirement plan was for their kids to take care of. They would take care of each other as a community, so to honor their father and mother. So when mom and dad got hungry or they needed a place to stay, they would go to them and they'd say. Oh, I could really use some money to eat. And they would say back to him, Well, I'd love to help you out, Mom and Dad, but it's too bad. I've already, I would love to do that. But this possession, it, I could sell it off and give you some money for food. But, you know, it's it's Corbin, so you're just going to have to be hungry. It's too bad. It's already dedicated to God. or Or, oh, I could give you this land. But it's, it's Corbin. Sorry, it's too bad. We could sell it off and you, you, you could have some, some provision, but that's just too bad. It's Corbin. And by doing this, Jesus says that you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. So Jesus is saying the Pharisees aren't just doing this one thing that nullifies the word of God. They're doing many things like this one example. They're doing all of these things. What they're doing is they're putting their traditions are more important than actually the heart of what God is saying. But how often do we do this in the church? How often do we use the Bible To get what we want out of it rather than coming underneath the authority of Scripture? How often do we say, God, I will give you this much part of my life, but I'm not going to let Scripture shape my life? Or how often do we do it in the church where our traditions are more important than the heart of God? That we've been doing it like this forever. Even though it's not found in the words of the Bible, we're just going to continue doing this. Or well, I just want sections of the Bible, but this part makes me uncomfortable, so I'm just going to forget that part. I love Jesus. I love all the, 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 the tingly moments, and, and, uh, and, and I, love all, I love Jesus the friend, but I don't want to actually do what he says it's so important for our lives to to read God's Word and for us to come underneath Scripture. Not to be using Scripture to get what we want out of it. Jesus gets to the core part of the issue with a short parable. He says, again... Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it comes what comes out of the person that defiles them. See, by focusing on the outside appearance and purity instead of inward purity, they are putting the cart before the horse. And what the Pharisees and the religious leaders do is they are avoiding the deeper challenge that God actually wants to do in their life. The transformation. But isn't that so relevant for us today? How often do we put walls up of our heart? Like we want to let Jesus in this much, but we put up our walls of insecurity. We put up our boundaries of I can't be challenged that much. That makes me uncomfortable. That is just too challenging. No, that God, that makes me fearful. I can't trust you that much. I can't give you my whole heart. Like we all wrestle with giving Jesus our whole heart. And for many of us, we might look like those avocados. We might look really gray on the outside, but on the inside we might be rotting to the core. Jesus went on, Jesus went on it's, he said, it's what comes out of a person that pollutes, and this, sorry, this comes from the message translation. What comes out of a person that pollutes, obscenities, lusts, thefts, murders, adultery, greed, depravity, deceitful dealings, carousing, which I think is parting carousing, sorry, which I think is parting. I don't, Mean looks, slander, arrogance, foolishness, all these things are vomit from the heart. There is the source of your pollution. Vomit from the heart. I love that translation, right? All of the, all of the things, all the sin that comes in our life, it starts in the very core of our being. Living a life that is holy and pleasing to God only moves in one direction. It's letting Jesus transform us from the inside out. It only moves one direction. God's motivation is not compliance. It's your heart. I didn't get this when I was a kid. I didn't get this when I was a teenager. I thought all God wanted me to do was follow a bunch of rules and i missed the point somewhere along the way that all god wanted was my heart and when you give jesus your heart he does change your life but it starts because god loves you so much and you let him into the very deepest parts of your mind and your character and your attitudes and your actions and your thought life you let him into the very parts of, that are hidden behind the scenes From everybody else, the things that anybody else would see they might be appalled by. It's not about our image, it's about our character. Religion and tradition without heart is dead. So, my question for us today is what is coming out of your heart? Is it greed? Is it malice? Is it lewdness? Is it vomit? Sorry to be so gross. Or is it the fruit of the Spirit? Is it joy? Is it love? Is it peace? Is it patience? Is it kindness? Is it self-control? Is it the love of God? Is it, is it wanting to serve people? Is it, is it the joy of Jesus? Is Jesus just coming and overflowing out of your heart? What is coming out of your heart today? Is Jesus at the center transforming you from the inside out? Or is it something else? How is Jesus affecting your thought life, your attitude, and your actions? Because if we don't let Jesus deal with the sin, that rot from the inside will eventually affect everything else. Have you ever seen a piece of rotten fruit that sits in your fruit bowl? What happens, right? Even the toughest of shells, like an avocado, it'll eventually get to the outside. And once it gets to the outside, it infects everything else around it. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that sin starts in the very inner parts in our thought life, in our hearts, right? That's where the root of sin is. And if we don't deal with it, if we don't nip it in the blood, it continues to grow. A thought, it grows to be an action. An action becomes a habit. A habit. A habit becomes an addiction. An addiction becomes a lifestyle. A lifestyle becomes a destiny. What seems very, very small and hidden away inside eventually comes out to ruin our lives and everybody else's lives around us. Jesus wants to get to the core of your heart. If you let him, Jesus will transform you from the inside out. But one of the difficulties is that if you're a Christian and you're here today, you are a hypocrite. You, not me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> me as well. Ask my wife. <laughs> That's a joke. Right? We all fall into sin. Like we all get it wrong. We all mess up. Romans 3 says this. He says, "For all who have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus. Because of sin, we are unclean. We are broken and we are in need of a Savior. But I don't think the real problem is, that is if we fall short. Because we're going to fall short. See, the real problem is if you don't let Jesus into the deepest parts of your heart, the parts that are hidden away from everybody else, your thoughts, your attitudes, the things that are beneath the surface. Because if we don't deal with what is hidden on the inside, it'll eventually show up on the outside and it will affect everything else.
0: We hope that this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at classiccitychurch.org.